This is TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 5, Entombed. I was right. This is a compass. One from long before our time. These coordinates are in the Kaldar Trinary System. I have no record of that system. Because the best treasures usually aren't found on maps. There's treasure there? Welcome back to TV Podcast Industries, fellow batches. We're talking about episode five of season two of The Bad Batch, Entombed. I am one of your hosts, John. I am one of your hosts, Derek. And rounding out this batchers of batches of baddies, I am Chris. I need to find a better one. I don't know yet. I'm still working. I'm feeling through this. I probably had a really good one in season one and I just forget it. <laughs> well, we might have to go through the episodes and find it, Chris. Yeah, I know. It's homework. <laughs> I just, I was never good at homework. <laughs> yes, we're back again with the Bad Batch. You mean Indiana Jones? Yes. The, the, the temple of, huh? <laughs> yes, the temple of, and what was that thing that came out of it at the end? Uh-huh. Um, wow, um, it was like the tripods, or it was, yeah. you know, um, Day of the Chip, not Day of the Chip, yeah, uh, War, War of, the of the Worlds, exactly. That's it. Um, Weirdly, as a, as a gamer, what was in my head was uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Chris, I know you know that game oh, pretty well. God, it was yeah, like Tallnecks, those massive big Tallneck yeah. mechs. Yeah, yeah. But we will talk about it as we get into the episode itself. And I definitely got the Indiana Jones vibe oh, yeah. as well in yeah. this episode, not the sort of the very subtle reference that Derek uh, spotted in one of the earlier episodes, episode yeah. two, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. And weirdly, at the Television Critics Association, the um, Jennifer Corbett, the showrunner, was saying that uh, that look for an upcoming episode that's a reference to the Goonies. So I think she thinks this episode is the Goonies episode because we have a full team of people involved rather than just Indiana Jones solving all the puzzles. Well, that's true. Yeah, maybe. The only bit is the pulling and the the cable when they're trying to pull the team up. Right. Uh, and the fall. That is a scene from the Goonies, oh, kind of. There you go. One of the, uh, do you remember when Data has his little he said, like uh, grappling hook mm-hmm. and they have to pull up to put someone on the grappling hook? It's that. Yeah, uh, okay. That's what good. I kind of got. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, it's a... It's a blinking, you'll miss it one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is, but I suppose when you're doing an animation, when you do a scene like that, that probably took about three and a half months to do. So it probably stands out as a big moment when you're in animation, but it goes past in about 30 seconds. On, yeah, uh, that's true. In, in the actual final yeah. product. <laughs> But before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion, mm-hmm. uh, remember, fellow bachelors, you can head over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com to uh, leave a voicemail, or you can send us feedback at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. You can also subscribe to any good or evil podcast player of your choice as well. Certainly, if you have just found the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, please head on over, subscribe, like, leave a review, you name it, uh, share the podcast as well. Absolutely, because we're also covering The Last of Us at the moment. And weirdly, because of the timey-wimey way that we do this podcast, we haven't seen any episodes of The Last of Us right now. But when you're hearing this, we'll have watched about three of them, right? About that. Yeah, yeah about that. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be to be in the future and not know what the show that we're about to cover is like, even though 
our wonderful listeners will have heard a few episodes of what we think about the show. Yes, it is strange. <laughs> Please let us know if the alien overlords have taken us and if they are true saviors or dictators. We must know. <laughs> yes, but Derek, let us get into Season 2, Episode 5, Entombed. Mm-hmm. What are some of the episode details? Well, executive producers for this show, once again, are Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. Uh, the episode was written by Christopher Yost. Uh, this was his first episode of The Bad Batch, but we have discussed Christopher Yost quite a few times before uh, because he's done lots of Marvel animated shows and he was also one of the writers on Thor The Dark World, Thor Ragnarok as well. Uh, In Star Wars, he wrote five episodes of Rebels and an episode of the live-action Mandalorian, episode six, uh, The Prisoner. Ah, Interesting, yeah. I mean, in terms of... The Thor stuff, that's pretty brutal. Dark World and Ragnarok. Well, I, the, the way I would give him some praise on that <laughs> is that, that if you remember, um, Thor The Dark World and Ragnarok both went through quite a lot of problems, which means that there's about six credited writers on both of those movies as they tried to get them into some kind of format that people would enjoy. Ah, so he was a fixer. He, I think he's a fixer. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Yeah, and he has a lot of knowledge of the Marvel Universe, so he probably was uh, going in and trying to fix things a make it connect in a bit more as well. Uh, but that's Christopher Yost. Uh, the episode was directed by Nathaniel Villanova. He did six episodes of season one of The Bad Batch, but this is his first episode of season two. And once again, story editor for the show is Matt Miknovitz. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for The Bad Batch season two, episode five, Entombed? Sure. After a trip to the junkyard for a spur compressor, Rekka and Amiga return to Ord Mantel with their findings. Pirate Fee Genoa is hanging around Sid's bar and has a great interest in one item that Amiga has picked up. It seems to be a compass that points the way to the Kaldar Trinary system, which doesn't appear on any maps. Fee is convinced there will be treasure for those that make their way there, and convinces the Bad Batch to take her with them to the mysterious planet. When they arrive, they have to navigate their way through various puzzles to locate a great treasure. Fee believes it is the fabled heart of the mountain, but when they retrieve it, a millennia-old mech that rampages across the planet comes to life. Working together, the Bad Batch and Fee return the item to the device, stopping the destruction but melting the valuable artifact. The team return to Ordmantel alive, but empty-handed once again. Will this poor team ever get a win? Will they ever make any money? <laughs> I know, I know, exactly. I don't think so. We're on the fifth episode now, and they've failed every mission so far, right? Yeah, yeah it, pretty it, much. It is a bit like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering why that is. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be the elite of the elite <laughs> mm-hmm. of clone troopers. Now, in fairness, clone troopers maybe are as good a shot as stormtroopers but you know <laughs> nonetheless they supposedly come from excellent warfare genetic they do. stock so they do um, but they were yeah. trained to go in these types of missions i suppose i think the only mission that they've been successful at is the uh what was it the the nerf burgers uh delivery um, yeah, n- nerf nuggets nerf nuggets uh delivery i think that's the only one they've been successful on all yes. the rest of them uh, they have not come back with the great riches i wouldn't like to see their end of year review from sid no. Oh, well, look, you do know what this means. It's all building up to one big final score. One big score. Absolutely. One big score, or Sid effectively going, these guys are useless and sells them out in order to get the money. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping for an Ocean's Eleven style um, Bad Batch episode at the that end. That would of the be very cool, actually. <laughs> And then we get 12 and 13 and then 8. That's how how numbers work. That's how numbers (laughs) work. Exactly. But let us get into our top blaster points for episode 5 of The Bad Batch. Uh, To begin with, blaster point number 1. 
we go on a Goonie adventure, or is it an Indiana Jones adventure, with Fee the Pirate. Mm. So, before we even get into this, I was just thinking about it. Do you know what they could have done? They could have so easily connected one of the more questionable Indiana Jones films and the Star Wars universe via George Lucas with just a, like, literally by making this, changing the the map into a skull. And you could have connected Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls to this, to the Star Wars universe and made it because they're interdimensional travelers. (laughs) And it could have literally been like you could have made it like off to find because at the end, spoiler alert for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, the aliens go away and disappear back to their home (laughs) world dimension or whatever. You could have done it. They we could. They they went back and they crashed, and then this was a map to them and to find the crashed, whatever. <laughs> you could, you could have done that, but I don't think anybody had any memory of King of the Crystal Skull, so it would seem like a really unusual uh, connection. What's that thing again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there was this movie that came out fifteen years ago that nobody watched, even though they're excited for the actual uh, next uh, Indiana Jones movie coming out later this year. <laughs> Um, nobody, nobody wants to see uh, any connection or any reference to Crystal Skull, do they? Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. Just no, I like me, it then. Just me. <laughs> yeah. Or even just some kind of laser whip that Fee has. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, you know, yes. um, just to give that flavor of Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. I guess. I kind of like how they kick off this adventure, though. I like this that we basically have. Um, Omega and Wrecker going uh, going dumpster diving uh, in, <laughs> in the junkyard because they seem really excited. It's as if they've done this particular uh, trip quite a few times. They seem really excited to be going into a junkyard to see what they can find. And it turns out they find this map to uh, this planet that doesn't appear on any charts. Like it's, a, it's kind of a cool setup, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. And, I mean, I think the whole adventure, you know, you hear Fee telling her stories about, you know, various different artifacts. Uh, mm. I think she, like the Pearl of Novak, the Sword of something or other. Uh, <laughs> there's the Chalice and Kingdom of the Elways that she brings in later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I kind of like this because it, it really reminded me of Filoni's sort of dive into, I guess, the more spiritual or maybe supernatural type of side of the force from mm-hmm. from rebels that he did there you know with the owl that kind of spiritual owl in in the um i guess the night sky mm. um and this had that kind of vibe here certainly with fee telling us stories yeah um so i, I kind of really liked the setup here for that because mm-hmm. it was like oh we're gonna get you know something more here certainly when we hear that you know once they travel to Kaldar you know both the system is mysterious because mm-hmm. it's not on any of the space charts mm-hmm. it's got all these etchings you know there's the talk of them hugely ancient mm-hmm. uh, thousands of years yeah. um you know which immediately brings you back to sort of the old republic or mm-hmm. even further beyond so really kind of coming to that point so i'd massively intrigued with this because I, I i loved all that dipping into that stuff in mm-hmm. rebels it really mainly because it kind of 
it feels right for things like the Jedi and the Sith rather than the whole Metachlorian angle well, that George Lucas did. You know, it feels the spiritual, supernatural, mm. sort of, you know, pseudo-religious kind of thing makes more sense for the Jedi and yeah. the Sith as opposed to you've got some or other you've got in bacteria your in your blood yeah exactly <laughs> you know um, you've got you know, more bacteria <laughs> than someone else you're slightly more infected so I mean really demystifying blood. sort of the magic of it all uh-huh. you know yeah. um, so I was really kind of pumped for this mm-hmm. for sure um, so yeah I really like the setup mm-hmm. I love treasure hunting uh, I yeah. love these things like yeah, me too. national treasure I know everyone. Every, a lot of people hate that or did do not like that Jerry Bruckheimer uh, kind of duology and now trilogy with the TV show. Um, well, and, let's be clear to our fellow bachelors. Derek absolutely hates National Treasure. Okay, Both yes. yourself and John have a very good uh, experience with that and good memories of yeah. National Treasure. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen them. But, oh, recently, because uh, I rewatched yeah. watched them all. <laughs> okay. D- dare I say it as well, it's almost like The Mummy as well. Yes, I mean, exactly. I, you know, I, I love The Mummy. Derek is yeah. kind of just... Just just, massive Derek sigh. just doesn't like fun. We dis- no, no. We've discovered this over many, many years. <laughs> I love well done fun. I love Indiana Jones. All three of the actual movies that were good. Um, but when it's <laughs> when it's sub uh, when it's sub uh, that level of of uh, of adventure uh, movie yeah. making, I probably will watch it once and never again. So yes, that's probably where National Treasure falls in for me. But I'm not the only person that matters here, of course. So yeah. uh, so yes, if it, if it feels like National Treasure here, um, then. Yeah, that's that's a good thing for you guys. <laughs> I, I meant more. I, I love these kind of treasure hunt films mm-hmm. where you find a mysterious object. It yeah. leads to a mysterious island or place that is, isn't on a map where there's a legend or a myth or a, a kind of, mm-hmm. and you can, as John said, lean into that supernatural. And maybe yeah. it isn't supernatural. Maybe there is no supernatural element to it. Yeah. But it's, if you think of some of the Uncharted games, mm-hmm. where sometimes it was kind of supernatural elements, other times it was myths and legends that built yeah. to become people. And like, the ghosts were actual people that lived mm-hmm. there, and they're just really quick, just and like Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was Wrecker all along in the mask. Yeah, exactly. You've yeah. got puzzles and booby traps yes. and and stuff like that. You know, it's really getting into the yeah. Indiana Jones vibe or yeah. Goonies vibe, as we discussed earlier. And um, so, yeah, loved this. Absolutely. Well, two two last things about the setup and, and the the idea that that's going on here. It's, I think it's great that they brought Fee along here. Fee is a new character for this season, played by Wanda Sykes. I think it's really good that they have her involved here. Sid's much slower and older, I think, um, than Fee. So when she's along for an adventure, they generally it's more uh, she's sitting back and having discussions with them, whereas Fee is a much more active character here. Yeah. So using her in this way, um, it, I thought was really good. Um, I like the distrustful <laughs> side of Hunter, where he's just looking at this pirate who's talking about her old adventures and just going, oh, she's making up those stories. You know, we've we've seen these types of characters all across Star Wars that exaggerate their adventures to make them sound much, much uh, bigger than they are. But Fee's very useful here. She has lots of knowledge uh, about these adventures, but tends to go on adventures. And if they don't pay off, hey, it was an adventure for the sake of an adventure. Well, that's it. I, I kind of like that contrast between sort of the enthusiastic Fee, you know, mm-hmm. ready to go on this treasure hunt, to go on this mission, and Amiga as well being really up for it because mm-hmm. she she found this compass 
Um, whereas you kind of have Hunter huffing and puffing and sighing all the way through this, whether it was as she's telling the story, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, is this the same story? You know, like she's embellishing it. Yeah. And then with the mission, he's like totally um, not sold on going on this mission. It's kind of a mm-hmm. waste of time. They've obviously got to go far out into the outer reaches of the galaxy. Yeah. Um, who knows what might be there? But I mean, I, I love the, you know, the, the state of the planet looked really Sithy in a sense, yeah, you know, yeah. with it almost like it destroyed. Um, which we, we probably get to see the reason for that later on. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it did have that vibe of, um, something evil lurks within, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I kind of really enjoyed that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the other thing I'd say is um, this kind of connects back to the the advice that was given to uh, to Omega earlier on in the season, where it's kind of don't go after just the shiny objects, go after the fun and excitement of adventure, which we're kind of seeing Fee is bringing her along for this adventure that she wants to have and uh, placates her, as I say, even though they haven't found the treasure there's more adventures to be had in the future you know it kind of kind of ties back to that story that we're getting around amiga um where even though she's living with these clones who are on the run she does need to have a bit of fun because she's a young yeah a young kid you know there's a bit so there's a bit of that um and finally the my final thing about this is that i do think it's really interesting the planet doesn't appear in any maps because as far as i know the only one we've a planet that we've seen of that is camino right that's the one that didn't appear in any maps before so and that's where all of the bad batch are from so uh, i kind of like the connection that this is another planet that doesn't appear on any maps of the galaxy. Yeah, we probably have seen over the course of the 170 episodes of Clone Wars, there's probably been a few planets that didn't appear on maps, but uh, that that just stepped out in my mind. Oh, because I, I was going to go the the Outer Rims. A lot of that's undiscovered, and yeah, that's where my head goes to, right. and it's the where Palpatine is secretly living in the future. And right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's true, actually. I, I hmm. forget that Camino used to be undiscovered but then is very well known by by the end of it yeah i, th- I think it's just because that very oddly delivered librarian line uh when uh obi-wan kenobi's looking for Kamido and she just kind of goes but it can't exist it's not on any maps yeah <laughs> and you're going well obviously it could be removed from well the maps. I, yeah well that's it. it's more yeah. that it, it it was known and mm. um, it's just been erased by um dooku dooku mm-hmm. or sidious um however mm. you want to describe him mm-hmm. so evil will try and erase things i mm-hmm. guess yes um, but let anyway. us get on to <laughs> blaster point two it is the heart of the mountain like we've already talked about indiana jones and the goonies i'm going to throw in another film franchise here mm-hmm. or dare i say it book franchise as well so this is where I thought they were um, going to introduce dwarves into the mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars universe, or at least their equivalent. Um, so definitely got the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit vibe mm-hmm. here yep. in terms of certainly as well, just the heart of the mountain yes. as well with the um, Arkenstone that yes. we have from the Hobbit as well. It yeah, really, that's the other the other name for it is the heart of the mountain. Yeah, it? yeah, it really yeah. had that that <laughs> vibe here. Um, mm. I, I kind of love the whole, as I said, the puzzles and the booby traps mm-hmm. uh, that we get here, yeah. um, having to figure it out. So, yeah, I, I was thinking of another franchise as well uh, at this moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we mentioned last episode that, uh, that it reminded us of Wipeout, um, and it, it kind of led to the idea that we could get a, 
a future uh, game in, in the Star Wars franchise. This is uh, it makes me really think of Tomb Raider and and, uh, and Uncharted, and you know, having a Tomb Raider and Uncharted uh, Star Wars Lego game with the Bad Batch at the center of it, I think, would be also really cool. <laughs> and you know, uh, when they're figuring out those puzzles and uh, and realizing that the uh, that the compass that Omega's carrying is able to solve. Um, each of the puzzles, if she holds it in just the right way, you know, I love that idea where, uh, where they can't work it out instantly, but with a little work together as a group, they're able to, to work out how to solve the puzzles. I thought that was really good fun. Yeah. And, and we have Hunter really not enjoying this mission. You know, they almost, nope. uh, died three times. They're separated. They've been attacked by a beast. Uh-huh. Um, which seems pretty tough to take down, like a rock beast almost, yeah. uh, in some ways. Uh, so I kind of really like that. We also have Fee um having a I think her own nicknames for the the bad batch mm-hmm. calling Hunter a you know, bandana. Yeah. I don't think that's Sid's term for it, but maybe it is. I just can't remember now off the top of my head. I'm but surprised she isn't calling him face tat. <laughs> well maybe. <laughs> um but yeah, you you know, all the way through this you've you've got the um just this skepticism uh, and the the sighing of hunter mm-hmm. uh, really sort of not enjoying it they shouldn't be there this is putting them at risk and you know fear and uh, amiga kind of bouncing along yeah. to get to the heart of the mountain enjoying you know? the adventure yeah yeah for me for me it was the puzzles the puzzles mm-hmm. make it the the drops the it, it's your thoroughfare standard kind of through a temple uh, yeah. kind of rubble ruin and oh no I stepped on a trap and the the mon- I had one question have we seen that monster before or that type of monster before or is that because it looked kind of like in Attack of the Clones mm-hmm. do you remember in the Colosseum yeah it looked like one of those ones it did but, didn't it it was similar but the yeah, uh, no, the colour different. is definitely different but it, it feels of Star Wars but not specifically a beast okay. that I rec- yeah. that I recognised I think if there are any of your fellow batters or baddies I know it's like hey yeah that's a blah 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 Gluzion <laughs> just let us know because I'm just out of curio- morbid curiosity on this one I'm like I don't think that's going to be the exact name and if it is I'm not sure how anybody would spell it Chris well that <laughs> yeah but I mean I, I think that's it it's like yeah no it does look vaguely familiar Doesn't that it? beast um, yeah. for sure but yeah it seemed massively difficult for um, the Bad Batch to take down mm-hmm. I think they were pretty lucky to come away unscathed from their encounters with that beast yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely but as you say Chris hidden all the beats uh, that you have in this type of story uh, you know the team getting separated and having to find their, a different way through but I do like Fee's call out though when everything uh, gets when, when the door gets blocked effectively she's like meh there's always another way out. <laughs> so, you know, don't worry about the only entrance being blocked for the way we got in. We'll always find another way out because yeah. actually the other way out was only created by them taking the heart of dark, the heart of the mountain, the, the, uh, the stone, right? Yeah. Um, so, which I think activates our blaster point three as well as a huge mech. Mm-hmm. So essentially this was a hundred percent. The, the little things that we used to put on the battle droids that would kind of short circuit them. The heart of the thing was literally one of those. It was this kind of a restraining bolt. Restraining for a mech. bolt. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It's weirdly, it's a massive restraining bolt. Mm-hmm. Um, which is weird. Yeah. Yes. I thought it was kind of yeah. impressive. This huge thing rising up and rising out. Mm-hmm. I guess it was just like, 
I want to know more. Like, you can't just introduce this massive sort of mech Mm -hmm. that seemingly just starts lasering the surface of the planet, which must be the reason why the the surface of this planet is looking pretty rough Mm -hmm. and desolate. Yep. Um, But, like... Yeah, I kind of like the idea that everybody would have gotten together, created this, as we say, restraining bolt, stuck it on it and gone, right, that's it, sorted for the moment, let's build a mountain around it. But then (laughs) where are they, I guess? You know, if someone putting that um, stone there, or, you know, it's where are the people on this planet? So Mm. um, it it was kind of interesting because, I mean, you know, we've we've referenced a lot of different shows and games um, in in our discussion Mm -hmm. this looked really familiar i mean not just in terms of whether it's the tripods or Mm -hmm. war of the worlds you know that this notion of um you know stilted destroying machines Mm -hmm. and in in sci-fi it also reminded me of some of the design of the mechs in mass effect as well in terms of the 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 laser um and the the head mm. um it, it kind of looked a bigger version of, of some of those yeah, um as well yeah. but i kind of just wanted to know more you know i that that's the only thing here is you know they deal with the heart of the mountain mm-hmm. and manage to get it back in to restrain this hugely destructive machine mm-hmm. but i wanted to know more about you know the etchings this Yes. Going back millennia with, with this tomb, um, you know, then this machine and, and what it is, maybe they will come back to it within the season. Maybe it is important, mm-hmm. but I just feel there needs to be a bit of connectivity here with the bad batch because, you know, mission of the, the week mm-hmm. is grand for me. Don't mind that. But, you know, I think one of the great things that happened with Clone Wars with Rebels, and I guess they did ease into it as well. Yes, um, it's yeah. not like they started off like that. Um, but they really expanded and built within the Star Wars world, and that's mm-hmm. what made them so like utterly fantastic for me. Um, and I'd love to just find out more about this. You know, if it's important enough for them to go off on this crazy mission even if it is just about treasure hunting with fee yeah give it some importance even if it is just more widely with the kaldar trinary system and mm. um, that something's going to happen out there and i'm hoping that that will happen okay because um, yeah. at the moment this feels like suddenly it's like right big mech and um, starts destroying the planet and um, and ultimately they can't get this loot from this tomb because yeah. they they need it to survive it to protect the marauder and um, which is about to be destroyed yeah and um, so and effectively the stone itself melts so yeah that was the big prize that the, that they were there to collect and it melts within this system or this mech yeah. so it's permanently shut down the, but they can't take it away now. yeah exactly yeah. although then on the other side of this i absolutely love the comedy chops of Mel the droid stumbling out <laughs> of the blaster and then R.I.P. Mel. Um, I was there going, oh, yeah, he's managing to escape really slowly yeah. by, by <laughs> sort of shuffling along out of this huge laser mm-hmm. beam being coming from the um, the machine. And then, unfortunately, poor old Mel gets taken out, although all his data is back at the bar. Yeah. So he, hopefully Mel will be back 
um, in in spirit, if not in body. Oh, I, th- I think um, Mel will be back in in full body. I think that's that's kind of the joke with Fee, where she goes on these adventures all the time. Mel sometimes survives, sometimes doesn't, and she can just rebuild them when she gets back uh, back to Ordmantel. So, yeah. uh, I think that's a bit of the joke. But I, I do think this episode is much more about introducing Fee as the adventurous one. If you need someone to go to about you know mysterious uh, legends, then that's what Fee's character is going to be for them potentially in the future. Uh, but they do establish this story really well. I know, I know what you mean, John. Yeah. They establish this idea of potentially something that had happened on this planet back in the old Republic times, stories that we have heard within the Star Wars world uh, in the past. But because there's so much being thrown at you and then it just ends and they, yeah. they finish the mission and they go off uh, home, um, you don't know whether there's going to be any real importance to it. it uh, probably not. Yeah, it does it feel feels- quite abrupt yeah. in terms of big mech Mm -hmm. they stop it mel gets taken out they fly off yeah 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 because we do know scrapping happens in this world in the universe so i was like yeah there's just a massive mech now you could literally kind of scrap for really cool parts from Mm -hmm. because it looks good um which is a bit more shiny than what you guys have yeah um i'm with you on this i i was hoping again because of (laughs) Everything we've already mentioned. I was hoping for that Jedi connection. It's like an old Jedi, because also we're waiting for Jedi Survivor, the follow-up to Jedi Fallen Order, Mm -hmm. where you had Jedi temples, quite similar, with droids and kind of historical kind of like um, pieces that were made to protect the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, Or Sith um, kind of temples and the kind of, you had these traps and things like that. I was like, oh, cool. We're going to get some form of Old Republic or even older, older, older Star Wars universe yeah. kind of bit of lore. They find something. It's connected to Omega in that it kind of like it's a training manual or something because we know she's sensitive. She's maybe not like we think she's sen- I think she's sensitive. Right. You do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty positive. And, and, um, and just to bring back the theory, um, our thoughts last season at least is that she's effectively the other Boba Fett. So Boba Fett was the alpha and she's yes, the, Omega, the Omega, the, the uh, original clone with no augments made to her from Jango Fett. So, uh, so, but Chris seems to think she's going to be picking up her lightsaber at some point in the future. I do. Cause she's, <laughs> she's made some pretty out there shots and things mm-hmm. like that. Now we know Crosshair's made some out there shots, but uh-huh. anyway, I think she's sensitive. We'll call right. it that. Right. Cause She's she's got the mitochondrions in her. Um, yeah. Oh no, anyway. he's, he's saying the M word, John. I know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was hoping for more of that kind of universe expanding. Like they have to. I know they are very careful at the moment about how much they are expanding on the mm. universe lore on yeah. everything Jedi or Jedi related. Yeah. Um, because it is a sensitive subject in terms yeah. of the past and the future, and yeah. we do have. You have a lot of now non-legend stuff that is happening in the past mm. that they have to be very connect careful about how they connect. Yeah. But I was hoping it was. The only thing I can think of is, as you said, this was about getting Fee in and finding. This may have wet her appetite Yeah. in this treasure hunt bit. And later on in the season, we get a second temple hunt. Maybe. Or treasure hunt. Mm. And it's basically now we're going into National Treasure 2, where there's even more <laughs> treasure. Um, and that's where you get a bit more, hey, do you remember that thing we found and we couldn't get it? Well, I found 
Yeah, I dealt its computer banks with Mel, and now we found another one, and I want to go get that because now maybe. we know what's going to happen. <laughs> maybe, and that maybe. Type of thing. I know they're off to uh, off to Vaney looking for an ancient chalice as the next uh, the next yes. mission that they're exactly. going for, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, there, I, I think there will be more missions in the future, and I do think the setup of Fee here um, was was pretty good. So, so she is a very different character from Sid. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Sid would be the person that she gives runs, the missions. Sid shuffles. Yeah, <laughs> that Sid would be the person that gives the missions. She's the one that uh, that goes on the missions with them or goes on the adventures with them. They're not as much missions, I suppose. Um, so I, I kind of like that uh, within the episode. Uh, any other notes or points uh, about the episode that you guys want to talk about? No, nothing from me. No, I, I think that's mostly it. Yeah, so um, final thoughts on Bad Batch, episode five, Entombed. Chris? I enjoyed it. it. It's a quick 20-something minute romp. It, like, again, it ends a bit too abruptly. Like they they had a lot of potential, and I think for whatever reason, left, right, up, down, they decided just to keep it with what it was. Um, and it, it, it's fun. Like again, some of the audience for this have not seen the Goonies, have not seen National Treasure, have not seen Indiana Jones. So, and they'll want this will be their first taste of a treasure hunt style thing so hey like give them give them that taste and then bring them into some of these classics that is national treasure and indiana jones and goonies and they can go from there yes well who'd have thought it national treasure a classic um mm. i'd be up there to be honest with classic <laughs> those are not in order of preference uh, <laughs> no but they're, they're who knows what that order is exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly uh derek what are your final thoughts Overall, I really liked. The, I really liked the episode. It was a fun. It was a fun diversion. You know, it's it's a middling episode for the season. We've we've seen one really standout episode this season that was up to the heights of uh, of the Clone Wars. Uh, the last couple of seasons of the Clone Wars. Um, we are still in season two of the Bad Batch. We're we're going on these weekly adventures, and this was a fun one. But there are so many other uh, stories, movies. Uh, games that uh, have used this premise before that it's difficult to have this as a standout episode especially when there's nothing particularly connecting it to previous stories of the bad batch or future stories of the bad batch right now let's see if there's any other incorporation of it whether we will see another adventure with fee in the future that would kind of change this uh as in, in my mind but i think it's it's a reasonably straightforward uh adventure episode uh for the characters and seeing them all together so um so yeah, it was it was fine. It was it was enjoyable, and probably better than last week's episode for me. <laughs> a little bit better. Last week was fun though. Last week had the uh, the, the Formula One uh, uh, fun to it, but uh, but this week uh, an adventure story, pretty traditional adventure story too. Uh, how about yourself, John? What's what's your final thoughts on the Bad Batch two hundred five entombed? Yeah, I mean, I kind of pretty much echo what you've you guys have said um i'd give this three and a half chariots of fire out of five and um, i think chariots you know it was really good setup and um, loved the the whole mission you know it going into a temple sort of harking to old republic and that jedi sith magic i guess um and then it, it's just because it kind of finished pretty abruptly and mm. a bit unexpectedly with a world destroying uh mech yeah. coming out of the mountain and but you know so it was kind of a lot to take in and it didn't really kind of explain it but i think that's because you know it, it is really just having time with uh fee here mm-hmm. uh, and her as uh, a character within this world so yeah i i really enjoyed it um 
three and a half chariots of fire out of five for me. Grant, good stuff. Shall we get on to our feedback? Absolutely. So we have some feedback in on episode 204 faster of the Bad Batch. Uh, first up from Facebook, Victor Von Doom says, Jennifer Corbett, Dave Filoni and co continue to top themselves. Tail and the gangsters were really funny. Did I see a protocol droids racing? This episode would make a nice video game. Same sentiments as us, Victor. Love to yeah, see a video game 100%. Of, uh, of the yeah, absolutely. riot racing. And I think there were protocol droids definitely. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, Jamie Lawton actually added, uh, noticed that the actors playing Tail and the Gangster were Ben Schwartz, uh, who's John Ralphio from uh, from Parks and Recreation, and Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. We didn't pick up on Ernie Hudson, uh, who plays the Gangster in the episode. No, I missed no. that one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think because we didn't get enough time to uh, to watch the credits multiple times, I didn't catch uh, Ernie Hudson in there. But that's cool, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Thanks, Jamie. Um, he also says he was reminded of the PC game X-Wing Alliance with the music in Sid's bar in the opening oh, scene. Oh, yeah. Well, I was waiting for that to get through. Yeah, yeah. And also says he noticed about the protocol droids that there's a battle droid head um, on, one of the, uh, on one of the protocol droids that we have there. Kind of a throwback to the Attack of the Clones arena scene with C-3PO. Ah, uh, yes. The uh, droid head. Uh, battle droid head on his head. Yeah, yeah. Roger, absolutely. Roger. There you go. Very cool. <laughs> Indeed. Good stuff. Thanks, Victor and Jamie. Yeah, thanks, Victor. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, Russell Hooper says, hey, an F1 reference. Sweet. Sad to hear one of you guys might be a Hamilton fan. <laughs> Schumacher, baby. He's the goat. Yes. Well, I'm a big Schumacher fan. Yes, That's, sure. in fact, how I got into Formula One was mm-hmm. old Shuey, yeah. baby. Um, and... No, no, baby is no longer in Formula One. Well, no, he's not. (laughs) But I am also a Hamilton fan, I have to say. I'm a Leclerc fan as well. I think the discussion really in that episode was between whether we liked Verstappen or Hamilton. And uh, Hamilton versus Verstappen, there's no contest. It is Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton all the way. Like, there's there's nothing there from any of us, I think. I think all of us are, are more Hamilton than Verstappen. Would that be right, Chris? We would be in terms of there's... It's Hamilton all the way. If both of them have the uh, on a completely even footing, yeah. it would be Hamilton. Yeah. But when we have Red Bull versus Mercedes in their current uh, cars, we we now know what that happens. Yes, exactly. The cars are not the. And actually, I'm a massive Perez fan as well. I think Perez is great. <laughs> okay. Okay. In fact, in the Red See, Bull team, it is. I'm a Perez fan. We we have derailed the F1 conversation once again. This is why we don't talk about it no. often, uh, Russell. We are uh, railing the F1 the, conversation here. I think it's gone a little off the rails. It's really, <laughs> I dislike Max Verstappen as a driver. I don't like him as a as a, a person in Formula One. So pretty much anybody in the field above Max Verstappen, unfortunately, he won the season last season. So, anyway, but that's probably enough of Formula 1. Uh, but good time. Well, I, I love Perez. I, I must say, Perez is great. Perez but, is great. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just uh, bringing it back on to F1. <laughs> good stuff. <clears throat> of course. Thanks so much, Russell, for the Formula 1 talk. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Russell. Yeah, thanks, Russell. We have one piece of final feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips, who had this to say. The fact that it was tech and not Omega was the biggest surprise of the episode, with strong echoes of me trying to manage to play Mario Kart with kids and being eternally grateful for the rockets, which at least meant my last place was within touching distance. <laughs> the, oh, one more thing, Doctor, dropped comment of Gangsta Hulk about Sid being unsurthy gets me worried for all three parties. The broken-hearted giant the to-be-betrayed batch, and the upcoming fall from heaven, which our scaly fixer is now being set upon. 
If the hosts were forced into a riot race, what would be the outcome? Ooh, I'd be first. <laughs> I cheat. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'd be first because I cheat. Like it's, like it, it's, it's winning at all costs. That is my motto. No, you would be taking too long to back out of the pit ball. <laughs> hey, hey! But once I'm out, I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking Austin Powers level of three point turns here. Hey, I've gotten better. I've gotten a lot of better. See, and I, now I can put my foot on the pedal too much. Excellent, excellent. I, I still think John, probably being the most experienced driver of us, means he comes in first. Chris, you're in second. And as I said uh, in my response to Doctor Bob, I would probably explode on the starting line. So uh, that makes me in last place there unless my bicycle can keep up well, with yours your, would be the party car <laughs> you would just be foot foot to the floor with the music blaring out <laughs> sort of going through the red lights or just hitting a wall <laughs> because you're totally <laughs> not concentrated on anything on the road like grannies being knocked over bicycles think... becoming ma- mascots i know spectators are uh, in open season in riot racing but i don't think they put grannies walking across the course that sounds ridiculously dangerous <laughs> no I, I okay i was thinking more uh too fast too furious it'd be like on the street uh, okay. <laughs> okay riot racing on the streets because it's Dublin. family <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks so much for all the feedback uh, for this episode. Great to hear from you. You can continue to email us at, at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries if you have any thoughts about any of the episodes of any of the shows that we're covering. Yeah, thanks so much, everyone, uh, for the feedback. Really good to get your uh, racing thoughts. Mm-hmm. Thanks, folks. So thank you, fellow Batches, for joining us for this episode of The Bad Batch, uh, Entombed. Uh, great to have you on board, as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, you we will be back with our chat of Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 6, Tribe, on February the 1st. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that one. Definitely. Yeah. What is the tribe? Mm-hmm. Mm. Only time will tell. Is it the Bad Batch? Are they the tribe? Well, we'll find, we'll find out next we time. We will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Speak to you all again soon. Bye. Yep. Thanks so much, fellow Batches. Uh, we'll see you next week. In the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and keep being bad. Bye. Bye.